Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For the second time in three days, there was a huge development in the special counsel's investigation of Donald Trump of January 6th of his 2020 and 2021 coup attempts, of the 2020 Trump recount scam, and of his theft of classified nuclear documents and his attempts to keep them as his personal property in order to show them to or give them to or sell them to whichever foreign nationals or governments he wished to at his version of a Florida Golden Corral, Mar-a-Lago. There is another new line of investigation from the Justice Department this morning, another new set of crimes for which Trump may be in legal jeopardy, another set of witnesses quizzed and grand jury testimony given. And if you heard about any of this, congratulations. Because with CNN leading the way, the country's major news websites and other organizations buried this story behind this uncontrollable, masturbatory mountain of both sidesism and whataboutism and proof that they're tough on everybody that they have made out of a molehill. CNN did not as much as report last night's special counsel story, just as it had buried its own Monday special counsel scoop, because all that would have eaten into time better spent softening America's brains by endlessly repeating that Trump's personal hands-on potential nuclear espionage was exactly the same as whoever, could have been Biden, could have been a staffer, could have been a lawyer, whoever misfiled documents that nobody missed 
but upon discovery were immediately returned to the National Archives. The story, the important story, about Jack Smith, the special counsel, was broken by the Washington Post, and it is this. The Justice Department has subpoenaed multiple Trump campaign officials now to answer questions about literally more than a dozen, no, two dozen categories of information. The newspaper has seen this subpoena document and the questions, and probably the most important of them, and quoting the Post, one part of the four-page legal document asks recipients to reveal if anyone other than themselves are paying for legal representation, and if so, to provide a copy of the retention agreement for that legal work, unquote. This we might call the Cassidy Hutchinson question, because it gets to the issue not just of potential witness perjury for Trump, but of subornment of perjury by a witness's attorney paid for by somebody else. You do not have to be a rocket and or political scientist to discern that the somebody else in this equation is Trump or one of his organizations or one of his henchmen. It was January 6th committee witness Hutchinson who revealed that her original Trump supplied attorney, Stefan Passantino, explained to her that she could easily say she didn't recall something, even if she did, even if she was under oath, because who's going to know what you can recall? If you are at all a student of American presidential scandals, that should have sounded familiar from the get-go. On March 21, 1973, Richard Nixon, in a conversation recorded by the White House taping system, he himself activated, great move, Dick, told my friend John Dean that when Dean talked to prosecutors, quote, just be damn sure you say I don't remember, I can't recall, I can't give any honest answer to that that I can recall, but that's it. As John Dean put it, the president of the United States was coaching him on how to commit perjury and get away with it. Within a month, Nixon would be coaching others on how to commit perjury while testifying against Dean. The subpoena questionnaire reported by the Post not only asks recipients, and we don't know how many recipients there were, quote, to reveal if anyone other than themselves are paying for legal representation, and if so, to provide a copy of the retention agreement for that legal work. But they are, in short, asking, prove Trump didn't pay for your attorney. Now, if somehow none of this is news enough... The special counsel is asking witnesses whether Trump has paid for their attorneys and is thus controlling by proxy what they have testified to or might yet testify to. There are those other 23 or more topics in the questionnaire. To again quote the Post, the subpoena seeks any communications or information about Dominion and Smartmatic, two voting technology companies that were subjected to a barrage of false conspiracy theories floated by advisors to Trump. The subpoena shows the Justice Department is interested in other Trump entities besides the Save America PAC, which the Post and others reported earlier this year was a subject of inquiry by investigators. It seeks all documents and communications related to a panoply of other Trump-affiliated groups, including the Make America Great Again PAC, the Save America Joint Fundraising Committee, and the Trump Make America Great Again Committee. Recipients are asked to produce documents related to the formation, funding, and or use of money of the groups, and to show all employment contracts or correspondence with the groups or officials affiliated with them. And yes, I'm quoting the Post directly since who knows, by the time you go to their website, they may have scrubbed this story. 
You will notice in there that the Save America PAC is not specified in the Post story. It was specified in Monday's report about the sweeping expansion of special counsel Smith's investigation. That was when CNN revealed that Rudy Giuliani and a host of other Trump functionaries had been subpoenaed demanding they turn over to the grand jury what records they had about the scam Trump ran after the 2020 election. The whole phony Save America PAC, the fundraising scheme that tricked thousands, maybe millions of Americans into donating into what they thought were recounts and legal challenges on behalf of Trump's campaign. This is twice in three nights that the special counsel's investigation into Trump and everything he did with the documents, with the coup, with the 2020 election, with the 2020 post-election fundraising, with the smearing of companies and individuals on whom the asinine conspiracy theories of the Trump crime family could be pinned with so much more new Trump perfidy was expanded in terms of its coverage. It is so large now that if they indicted and convicted Donald Trump on all of it, he would need 33 more lifetimes before he would be eligible for parole. And did you hear about it? You did not. Because NBC News reported, in as thin a story as I've ever seen from them, and I worked for them for 10 years, quote, Aides to Biden have discovered at least one additional batch of classified documents in a location separate from the Washington office he used after leaving the Obama administration, according to a person familiar with the matter. That classification level, number, and precise location of the additional documents was not immediately clear. It also was not immediately clear when the additional documents were discovered. Too long didn't read on this. We have one source who says more documents were found. We don't know where. Uh, We don't know who. And we don't know when. And and we don't know what they were. Here, Ken Delanian and Carol Lee, turn that into 725 words because we want to put it in the upper left-hand corner of the website. They just fired the president of NBC News yesterday. We don't want to follow him out the freaking door. Also, if we put it up there in the upper left-hand corner, then the New York Times can give itself an excuse to put this one detail, one source, not their own story into the upper left-hand corner of their website and into two of the three boxes in the upper left-hand corner of its website. And then so the Washington Post itself can put it, not its own Trump special counsel scoop, But this thing from NBC, the Post can put it in its upper left-hand corner and then actually put at the top of its opinion list in the upper right-hand corner an appalling piece by the appalling Rumsfeld speechwriter Mark Thiessen. I mean, who admits today to writing speeches for Donald freaking Rumsfeld? Mark Thiessen, the headline, if Trump's classified document mishandling was, quote, irresponsible, so is Biden's. Yeah, Trump's document mishandling was not, quote, irresponsible. It was, quote, when Ethel Rosenberg did the same damn thing in the 1950s, we executed her, unquote. It does not take much to make the American news media stampede. It never has. Lost to the generations who have followed me here. Those who never saw the time when national network television news was just... ABC, CBS, and NBC coming on for half an hour at 7 p.m. each night. Lost to all of you was the disquieting reality that if you could do a log of each newscast, you would have found not only that they had broadcast 
only the same 15 or 20 stories in their 22 minutes of content, with an occasional kicker exclusive to one of the networks. But almost invariably, ABC, CBS, and NBC had broadcast these 15 to 20 stories in exactly the same order and allotting almost exactly the same amount of time to each story. In fact, if something did not match exactly, each network used to have post-mortem sessions the next morning trying to figure out why they gave Vietnam a minute 17 last night, but NBC gave it a minute 46. And before noon, somebody would have sent a cable to Saigon reaming out the bureau chief for missing something. And it wasn't in the dear dead days of black and white TV. I saw it again from the inside in the Clinton Lewinsky story in 1998. We at MSNBC had staffers on the key shows, including my own, whose jobs were to watch not their own program while it was on, but to watch CNN and Fox. And if they had something we didn't, we had to scramble. That producer had to scramble. I saw a producer promoted because he realized CNN had a different story, and I mean a different anonymous thread with less to it than this other Biden stuff found. One source says, we don't know anything else about it, crap. And before my hour was over, this producer, who had seen this CNN lead, had gotten a guest to say more or less the same thing and gotten him into a studio and in front of a camera and on the show, and the next hour, MSNBC led with this story as if it had been its own. The American news organizations are repeating the exact same stampede mentality, and they are led by a CNN thoroughly corrupted by this hatchet man, Chris Licht. If you want to know how thoroughly, last night... CNN stooped to the lowest thing imaginable. They brought on Maggie Haberman, Trump's voice inside the New York Times, to comment on NBC's one source, no details leak, which CNN did not even credit nor blame on NBC, but claimed as its own. We don't know the details, she said, but... As I have said here all week, CNN has jumped the shark on this story, and last night they decided they had not done it spectacularly enough. So they went back, had MAGA Maggie hop on board the motorcycle, and they jumped the shark again. And in case you are still holding out hope that there is some other explanation for what CNN in particular, but not exclusively, is doing, consider this. CNN's lead story at 8 p.m. last night was not Biden nor the Washington Post story about the widening of the special counsel's investigation, nor its own Giuliani special counsel story from Monday. CNN at 8 o'clock led with George Santos, the congressman who never was. And it not only reduced the story entirely to a political horse race, leaving out the dam that is clearly waiting to break here. I mean, children can see this. The increasingly clear reality that this entire Santos campaign was some kind of money laundering effort and his entire candidacy was some sort of scam and it was organized by or at least with GOP knowledge. Not only did CNN ignore those elements, it not only had Anderson Cooper fawn all over the head of the Republican Party in Santos's own county in New York and actually say to the man, of course, you didn't know. But when it came time to note that, yes, in the history of America, other politicians had lied about themselves, Anderson Cooper mentioned exactly two of them, Herschel Walker, but before Herschel Walker, 
Who did he mention as a liar in the history of American politics, as an embellisher about their own personal histories? Who did he mention? You guessed. Joe Biden. Talking about speeches he gave while he was campaigning for president in 1987. The 1987 Biden story, in which the speechwriter Pat Cadell, who was later a paid commentator for Fox News, plagiarized parts of many other politicians' speeches. Cadell did this. He wrote the speeches. He did not credit the sources, nor did he tell Biden. He just handed him the speeches. It is a complicated and nuanced one, and Biden is not without some guilt in it. But it centers around word-for-word duplications of the speech of a British Labor Party politician named Neil Kinnock. In some of the speeches, the words Biden said were quoted and Kinnock was credited. In others, no quotes, no credit. So CNN's first example to compare to George Santos, who has lied so far about race, religion, high school, college, sports, three different employers, 9-11, the Holocaust, the Pulse shooting, his criminal record, his nationality, and his residence, CNN's first comp to that was careless crediting of quotations in speeches somebody else wrote for Biden 35 years ago. Because this is the both-sidesism that John Malone bought CNN and hired Chris Licht to enact because the knives are out at CNN and they are out for the president of the United States in order that CNN can now participate in the cover-up for Donald Trump and the rest of the mindless bulls in American political media can stampede as they have for generations and will for generations more unless we punish them. Still ahead, lost in all this, lost because it is now months ago, lost because he has not been dragged by his heels to prison yet, is just how extreme and how extraordinary the document theft by Donald Trump personally really is compared to anything else in human history. CNN wants to play the whataboutist game? Let's play the whataboutist game. That's next, this is Countdown. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. I had hoped in this edition to do a thorough analysis of just how many documents were discovered at Mar-a-Lago, hidden there by Donald Trump, deliberately, personally, maliciously, illegally, and how, when he was caught, how hard he had fought to deny he had done anything wrong, and how indignantly he insisted the documents were his, and the real victim here was, as always, him. But I find myself out over my skis with the sinus, now bronchial infection, that I have mentioned here all week. So the full analysis is physically impossible at the moment. And that actually may be a good thing, because how better to give a real-time sense of just how guilty Trump is and how ludicrous the Biden comp is than to revisit in real time the two biggest, almost incomprehensibly dangerous days of the raid and the investigation at Mar-a-Lago. This is from the morning after it happened, August 9th, 2022. Did the FBI search the toilets at Mar-a-Lago? Facts are few and speculation is mountainous, but the FBI raid of the home and office of Trump Donald John, hereafter possibly known as the defendant, may wind up being the corrupt presidential equivalent of the prosecution and conviction of Al Capone, not for murder or organized crime, but for tax evasion. Two important immediate political facts for all the frenzied crescendos of rage from the right I felt a great disturbance in the farce, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. For all that, the reminder that the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, is a Trump appointee. And a further reminder that the stuff in the boxes they pulled out of Mar-a-Lago is serious stuff. These were not boxes full of thank you notes. And whatever happens from here on in, the Department of Justice's most feared scenario, that it would be investigating a candidate for president, again, has been averted. Trump has not announced his candidacy. Whether charges result from this or they do not, the investigation is already underway, and as dramatically as it could get underway without a perp walk, anyway. What this case looks like 
from the little evidence we have, would suggest that the end game here could be a court finding Trump guilty of violation or violations of 18 U.S. Code 2071 Section B, which includes a very specific penalty for a federal office holder who steals or destroys records. Disqualification from federal office for the rest of your life. Caveat. In 2015, the Republican Party thought it had found a way to keep Hillary Clinton out of the White House, come hell or high water, by prosecuting her under this exact law. And then it concluded that the Constitution specifies that the eligibility requirements for the president are this and that, and you cannot add to them without a constitutional amendment. Still, 18 U.S. Code 2071 Section B is worth hearing pretty much in full. Quoting, whoever having the custody of any such record, proceeding, map, book, document, paper, or other thing willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both and shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. Disqualified from office. Would the conviction of an ex-president be different than somebody seeking the presidency? Could you offer Trump a plea deal on this? No fine, no jail time, but you accept that last proviso, disqualification from office. There's also a hatful of other crimes specifically related to taking or destroying classified materials. And I'll repeat my joke more seriously this time. Did the FBI search the toilets at Mar-a-Lago? All of this is speculation, or a better phrase might be extrapolation, in large part based on some very good reporting by the Miami Herald, quoting, the FBI raid focused only on Trump's possession of boxes containing alleged classified materials and was unrelated to the ongoing January 6th federal grand jury investigation. The Herald, which has absolutely cleaned the repertorial clocks so far of the Washington Post, New York Times, and the networks, also quoted law enforcement sources who said, quote, FBI agents obtained a search warrant from a federal magistrate judge in West Palm Beach to gather dozens of boxes containing alleged classified materials that President Trump had taken with him when he left the White House in January 2021. The Miami papers Alex Rorty, Michael Wilner, and Jay Weaver also quoted sources who said, quote, federal agents were able to establish probable cause for the warrant because Trump and his lawyers had already turned over some classified documents that had been sought by the National Archives and Records Administration. Agents suspected that Trump was unlawfully holding other classified documents from his presidency in his private club and residence at Mar-a-Lago. It was Eric Trump who first learned of the raid. His father then announced it, ending it with the now timeless quote, They even broke into my safe, which may now join the pantheon of similar quotes like, You sunk my battleship, and I'm not going to pay a lot for that muffler. And of course, the newest one, John Eastman's, I've decided that I should be on the pardon list. The other part of this story is the reaction from Trump's defenders. It is nothing short of amazing. The more hysterical parts of it in a moment. First, the running theme of the actual criticism that this is unprecedented. You don't investigate a president, past or presence. That's all nonsense. 
The raid itself might be a first, but the FBI running an investigation of a president? What was Watergate? The famous source Deep Throat was the deputy director of the FBI, Mark Felt. The material he was leaking to the Washington Post was the result of investigations by Richard Nixon and his administration by the FBI. The FBI and the Department of Justice also investigated Nixon's finances and property. Much earlier, President Warren G. Harding was investigated, but he died before a special prosecutor was appointed in Teapot Dome. The Treasury Department investigated President Ulysses S. Grant over the whiskey ring scandal, and Grant wound up, while still president, testifying for the defense at the trial of his own personal secretary. Stuff like this has happened before. Sorry, gang. But then there is the sheer entertainment value of the reaction on the right. It is panicked and wonderfully apocalyptic. A sampling. Third World Banana Republic, Trump Jr. This does not happen in civilized countries, according to Texas fascist Congressman Troy Niels, who previously mocked the police injured on January 6th. Using government power to persecute political opponents is something we have seen many times from third world Marxist dictatorships. Marco Rubio, who last month urged that I be arrested for tweeting about the Supreme Court. How about the Benghazi scandals? You want to talk about scandals that were never investigated? Eric Trump, brilliant as ever. Sever all ties with DOJ immediately. Any FBI agent conducting law enforcement functions outside the purview of our state should be arrested upon sight. Florida congressional candidate Anthony Sabatini, the one who called the nomination of Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson, quote, anti-white racist exclusion. All I can say is the FBI better have the goods. Harry Fleischer, Bush's press secretary who sold the Iraq war WMD fraud, when he didn't have the goods. Attorney General Garland, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, whom the Trumpers plan to oust if they take back the House. Greatest threat to our democracy since the Civil War, some guy. This is madness, former Trump advisor Jason Miller. Meanwhile, former hopeless Trump sycophant Richard Grinnell, the FBI raids Trump's house and the Democrats vote to add 87,000 IRS agents to go after Americans. Wake up, America! This raid is part of the worst political scandal in American history. Tom Fitton, the judicial watch guy who wears the shirts three times so small so you can see his nipples. Can't wait to see the DeSantis reaction on Mar-a-Lago. He will drop the hammer on this lawlessness. Pizza Jack Posobiec, who's expecting the governor of Florida to, what, ban critical race theory in the Florida office of the FBI? Defend the attack on America, from Matt Schlepp. Defund the attack on America? Frankly, I'm disappointed in you, Matt. Defund the FBI! Eric Erickson. Uh, Eric, the FBI is law enforcement. You just called for defunding the police, moron. This is the hill to die on from Monica Crowley, my former MSNBC colleague, which invites the response, okay. Merrick Garland is a disgrace to humankind from Dan Bongino, the Fox News talking head with the drawn on hair. Nazi Germany meets Soviet Union KGB, Wayne Root. Lisa Booth, the federal government needs to be dismantled entirely. 
which you have to admit would be a neat trick. We see you, and we see how slimy and disgusting you are trying to weaponize the FBI, writes Tommy Laren. Frankly, that's also kind of underwhelming, isn't it? No, it's not the FBI, writes the South Dakota Governor Christy Noem. Unprecedented weaponization of the Justice Department. Some other guy insisted the church needs to pay attention to this, too. Pray for Trump's safe. Some woman saying the Trump rally text number is 88022, and that just happens to be the day Trump's home gets raided? Yeah, because there was a conspiracy and Trump was in on it? This weaponizes power to squelch dissent, Governor Abbott of Texas. What dissent was involved in this, Abby? The election denier from Arizona, Mark Fincham, going a little hyperbolic with, the FBI just united the entire world behind President Trump. I don't think so. Gestapo from nutjob congressional candidate Laura Loomer and Gaspacho from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Nah, it just made that one up, though she did do that earlier. For the last comment from the right, former Trump press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, quote, when you're attacking FBI agents because you're under criminal investigation, you're losing. She tweeted that on November 3rd, 2016, but, you know, still counts. But the overriding reaction consisted of one word. It's a very disturbing word. War. A repeated meme the late alcoholic Andrew Breitbart saying that word war. It is an understandable reaction. The rules and the laws do not apply to Republicans and fascists, say Republicans and fascists. And the fact that so far Trump has gotten away with everything for seven long years, in fact, for the whole of his life, has led Republican and fascists to a certain sense of collective invulnerability. Granted, Almost all of this hyperbolic reaction is their fear and their sudden realization in millions of heretofore numbed minds that the man they are totally invested in, the guy they think they are hiding behind, is actually in trouble. Still, calling for war, whatever that means, seems to be a really odd flex when the military of the United States of America is in the hands of President Joe Biden dark Brandon that would be through at least January 20th of 2025. I mean, it's the same lack of logic that has led countless Second Amendment nuts to bark, to boast, come and take my guns, or you'll only get my gun when you pry it from my dead hands. And you realize it has never occurred to them, not once, that were the government actually planning on taking their guns, or if there actually were to be some sort of war over Trump's safe... The government would not walk up to them empty-handed, nor bring one gun. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. They would bring 47 tanks and 35,000 troops. War. In defense of Trump's safe, you say. Now I ask this as literally as you are or aren't saying it, Trumpists. You and what army? August 9th, 2022. The first thing we knew about Trump and Mar-a-Lago and literally hundreds of classified documents he stole and he kept terrifying and horrifying and in retrospect almost innocent let's jump ahead to the first day that the real implications here were thoroughly understood september 8th 2022 the word of the day was nuclear that's next this is countdown Again, in real time, the seriousness of what Trump stole, what Trump stashed at Mar-a-Lago, and the ridiculousness of a comparison to the Biden think tank document story. We may have, in fact, forgotten. Happily, the audio files never forget. This is from the morning after it happened, September 8th, 2022. Come for the nuclear secrets. Stay for the four-month-old prophecies about how CNN would eventually start covering for Donald Trump. Where's the denial? Late Wednesday night, the Washington Post reported that a month ago today, an FBI search team found in Trump's residence unsecured at his chintzy country club that anybody could buy a membership to a classified ultra secret U.S. intelligence document describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities. Nuclear kleptomania, international nuclear kleptomania. And the response Well, Thursday morning, Trump reacted swiftly to the nuclear document theft story by raging about the FBI taking his medical records. 
Thursday night, Trump reacted swiftly to the nuclear document theft story by posting on social media about caravans of migrants. Wednesday night, Trump's spokesman reacted swiftly to the nuclear document theft story by accusing The Washington Post of collusion and hand-wringing about never-ending leaks. Thursday afternoon, Trump's attorney reacted swiftly to the nuclear document theft story by complaining that the media keeps changing its story as to what was found at Mar-a-Lago. Thursday afternoon, Trump's Renfield, Lindsey Graham, reacted swiftly to the nuclear document theft story by demanding to know why the FBI didn't search Mar-a-Lago sooner. Thursday morning, Trump's flying monkey, Marco Rubio, reacted swiftly to the nuclear document theft story by demanding to know how the Washington Post was permitted to know about a classified nuclear document while also saying Trump had declassified it. Thursday night, Trump's Pennywise, Kellyanne Conway, reacted swiftly to the nuclear document theft story by railing against Hunter Biden. Something missing here? Where's the denial? Where's just one flat denial? Where's one person saying a document describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities? Of course Trump didn't steal that. Where, if not that, where even is the nonsense denial? Where is the Trump is Captain America denial? If he took anything, he only took it to protect it because security was so lax because Democrats. I mean, I don't want to give these idiots any ideas. I don't think that's a particularly brainy one. But where is everybody? Where is anybody? I mean, when I was a kid. July 27, 1974, the House Judiciary Committee adopted the first article of impeachment against Richard Nixon. The vote was 27 to 11. By July 30th, the committee had adopted two more articles, one by a wider margin than that. It impeached the president. On August 5th, a week after it impeached the president, Congressman Chuck Wiggins from the most Republican part of Southern California got up and insisted none of the evidence pointed to Nixon committing any crimes. Not a doubt in his mind that Richard Nixon was innocent. Then Alexander Haig called him over to the White House to look at a transcript of the smoking gun tape and said, oops. And two days later, Late on August 7th, the stories began to leak that Nixon was going to resign. He announced it on the 8th. But three days before Nixon went down in flames in what had been the previous greatest political scandal in American history, three days before, this Congressman Wiggins was still out there insisting not guilty. And after Wiggins left Congress, they made him a judge. 72 hours before guilty enough to resign as the president, and he's defending Nixon. And now Lindsey Graham comes out and says of a story about Trump stealing documented evidence of another nation's nuclear defense system that, of course, the FBI should have raided Trump's home sooner. I mean, what have you got to lose at this point? Lie. Tell them he's innocent. Maybe the other country is Israel and they know and Trump and his cult are suddenly living in abject terror. But then, if that were the case, somebody would have turned on Trump, right? Just to to save themselves, right? Somebody? Anybody? Anybody going to say anything one way or the other about this? Mitch McConnell? Anything? 
Do you think it's appropriate the way that the former president was storing those top secret and classified documents at his private estate at Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, I, I don't really have any comments on this this whole in, investigation that's been dominating the news for the last month. I think we're following it like all of you are. Documents, Mr. Leader. I mean, that's important. You don't have any comment on that? No comment, but let me get back to Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden. If there is ever a credible report that I have stolen documentary evidence of another nation's nuclear defense capabilities and hidden it amid my vintage baseball cards, will somebody, just one person, say, nah, I didn't do it, just one? We also await something else, the denouement to the Steve Bannon New York State indictment for the We Build the Wall scam. After his media statement, in fact, I can't wait, quote, I am never going to stop fighting. In fact, I have not yet begun to fight. They will have to kill me first. Hmm. Seems a little draconian to me, but hey, Rasputin, you do you. We have a new shooter today, William S. Russell. Not only does the New York Times report he has been subpoenaed for some uncertain, vague way as part of the grand jury investigation of the events leading up to the January 6th coup assault on the Capitol, but the picture they have put of him in the newspaper of this former ops and advance man for Trump shows him pulling a flight bag, wearing a shoulder bag with a copy of the Epoch Times in it, carrying a folding portfolio, balancing a banker's box atop what appears to be a clipboard, and hanging on to a small paper bag, which could be lunch or could be, well, I don't know, a document describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities. Who's to know? And the last note about trying to follow all this, you do realize that before this is all over, CNN will be giving more than half its airtime to people apologizing for Trump, defending Trump, and making up excuses for Trump. While CNN staffers whistle past graveyards and say things like somebody said to Vanity Fair yesterday about the firings of Brian Stelter and John Harwood, two firings is a purge, CNN is nevertheless changing before your eyes. First came the near-identical whining about Biden's Marines by Brianna Keeler and Jeff Zelny, to try to hold off the internal tiger from eating them. I am told the Anderson Cooper newscast last night led with Marco Rubio, not defending Trump, but insisting the real crime here isn't, you know, stolen nuclear secrets about another country, but that somebody leaked it to the Washington Post. Led with the clip of Rubio on Fox News, I'm told. Had people on to say yes, that's an important concern here, which, as the old analogy goes, is like saying, yes, a mouse and an elephant are the same, they're both animals. I have to confess, I have not watched Anderson Cooper since we co-anchored CNN Mornings in 2002. The other day, CNN had a conservative reporter named Francesca Chambers, I think from USA Today on, and they asked her about that warm-up act at the Trump rally who talked about her political prisoner nephew, the poor guy who's in jail, who actually wore a Hitler mustache and a Hitler haircut and said, quote, Hitler should have finished the job, unquote. And this Francesca Chambers began, optics are everything. The former president of the United States has run into some issues with optics coming out of his rally this week. And at the same time, you also saw 
President Biden come into criticism for optics coming out of his event this week. In the new CNN, things like Francesca Chambers almost holding up a sign saying, I am here for the both sides-ism. These are not bugs. These are features. And lastly, on this point, there is one more development at CNN, especially about its coverage of Trump, that should set your sirens rotating and set your hair on fire. And his name is John Miller. He is CNN's new chief law enforcement and intelligence analyst, hired personally by the new CNN Worldwide CEO and chairman, Chris Licht, which to me still sounds like the punchline to a comedy sketch. At MSNBC, I thought Chris Licht used to eat glue. Anyway, I have known this John Miller, whom Chris Lick just hired as CNN's new chief law enforcement intelligence analyst. I have known John Miller for 44 years. He has had the kind of career you probably think of if you ever think of my career. Listen to this resume. Assignment editor, Channel 5, New York. Reporter, Channel 5, New York. Reporter, Channel 4, New York. Spokesman, City of New York Police Department. Reporter, ABC News. Chief of Counterterrorism and Criminal Intelligence, Los Angeles Police Department. Assistant spokesman, FBI. Reporter, CBS News. Deputy Commissioner, City of New York Police. Worldwide uh, leader in sports or pants or something for CNN. In short, all over the frickin' place. When he was starting as a reporter at Channel 5 in New York, just as we were all converting to color TV, I was an intern on the assignment desk. I swear I know him since 1978. I actually made phone calls for John Miller on a couple of his stories in 1978, when I didn't need to shave more than like once a week. And his act was the same in 1978 as it is in 2022. He was a cop jock sniffer. He was the teenage kid at home in New Jersey with the police scanner radios who would then show up at the crime scene. The backstory at Channel 5 was John Miller started doing that for them, showing up at crime scenes and interviewing people in the middle of the night and getting the film or the video for use in the 10 o'clock news the next night when he was 15 or 16 at the latest. And the through line for all of this is, if a cop or a federal agent in New York, in L.A., in Washington says anything, John Miller, for the last 45 years, has existed solely to say, he's damn right, you know, or worse, as it turns out. As police spokesman or as, quote, reporter, unquote, John Miller has been compulsively on the cop's side. Period. In 1994, a woman was raped in a park in Brooklyn. Soon, a newspaper columnist wrote that the cops felt she had not been raped, but she had made it up just to get publicity for a, quote, gay and lesbian rally. The rape victim sued the city. It came out that one of the sources was John Miller. He was forced to publicly apologize. Well, it's a long time ago, 1994. Is, is March of this year a long time ago for something like this? As New York's Deputy Police Commissioner for Intelligence and Counterterrorism, just before he went back on the air with CNN, that sounds not shady, John Miller testified this March to the New York City Council and claimed, quote, there is no evidence, unquote, that the police here spied on Muslim communities after 9-11. If it had not been so serious... What would have happened next would have been half the city would have gone deaf from all the laughter. Of course, 
New York City spied on Muslim communities after 9-11. It was like the leading industry for six months. John Miller, Chris Licht's first hire, CNN's new chief law enforcement and intelligence analyst and cop apologist, was so wrong so offensive, so Islamophobic, that the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, himself an ex-cop, contradicted John Miller publicly and apologized to everybody and said, quote, what we did was wrong. So who knows? By the time somebody, anybody actually defends Trump and says, nah, he couldn't have done that. It'll be John Miller on CNN explaining that his vast collection of law enforcement sources are assuring him that Trump did not steal a document describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities, but that Hunter Biden did. Biden documents, the Trump documents, they're the same thing, aren't they? They're all documents. This is CNN. I have ignored my doctor's advice. I am going to stop doing that. Barring a quick bath in the miracle waters at the Grotto of Lords or something so compelling that I need to talk to you tomorrow, I will instead listen to the doctor. I will talk to you again on Monday. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.